0: Storytellers, Writers, and the Original Magic Carpet The Monday Morning Memo for January 9, 2023 I recently read a pair of books by Arcady Martine, a writer who is new to science fiction, A Memory Called Empire, from 2019, and A Desolation Called Peace, from 2021. Each won the Hugo Award for Best Novel. I like Arcady Martine, and I like her books. She is an extraordinary storyteller. But she is not yet a great writer. That was not intended as an insult. Dan Brown sold a staggering number of The Da Vinci Code. But he is not yet a great writer either. We tend to read the book of a great storyteller only once. Knowing the story, the magic is gone. This is why every thrift shop in the world is stacked with countless copies of Fifty Shades of Grey and The Da Vinci Code. But we read the works of great writers again and again. A great writer could write an instruction manual and make it captivating. Literary evaluation is wildly subjective, of course, so I owe an explanation to Arcady Martine and to you. I never read borrowed books because I intend to circle passages and make notes in the margins along the way. To deface my own books with circles and notes is a sign of respect for the author, but for me to deface the book of a friend would not be a sign of respect. I will not finish a book if the author is not a great storyteller. I will not circle any passages if the author is not a great writer. The hope of every great storyteller should be to also become a great writer. To win the Pulitzer Prize or the Nobel Prize in literature, you have to be both. John Steinbeck was both. J.R.R. Tolkien was both. Tom Robbins is both. Bill Bryson is both. Barbara Kingsolver is both. I'm currently on page 26 of Barbara Kingsolver's 546-page novel, Demon Copperhead. And I have already circled ten passages. Indy will transcribe those passages into the rabbit hole when I have completed the book. By the way, the random quotes database is now 6,108 quotes and climbing. The stories that comprise 1,001 nights were compiled a 1,000 years ago. In one of those stories, Prince Hussein travels to Benznagar and buys a magic carpet. Do not let Disney mislead you. Hussein's carpet is not a flying carpet that rides the air like a raptor. His magic carpet is like a good book. All you have to do is decide where you want to be. Sit down, and you are there. Good writing engages all your senses as it moves you to another place, another time, another life. You are at a spongy, 100-year-old seaside resort favored by the idle rich in the tropical south.
1: The air was heavy with oleander and sea mist colliding with mold and wood polish and hotel soap and the metallic vapor of Diet Coke and the alcoholic ferment of generations of cougars in Chanel Number no. 5. Olivia Nutzi.
0: You are now in the brittle north.
1: It's freezing cold, like the air is made of broken glass. Our English cold is all roly-poly snowmen and woo-hoo, it's a snow day! A hey there, friendly kind of cold. But this cold is mean. It's getting so hard to breathe. My lungs are filling up with ants and there isn't room for air anymore. There's a monster made of cold, hard as the edge of a pavement, coming towards us in the dark and it's cutting through the windscreen and doors and windows and the only weapon against it is heat. But we don't have any heat. She felt it now as vastly, cruelly impersonal, a frozen darkness absorbing you into itself. She felt it filling her hollow spaces, embedding itself as icy marrow in her bones, and then consciousness seeped away from her into the arctic blackness. Rosamond Lupton
0: You stood in the rain 65 miles north of
2: Seattle. And it rained a sickness. And it rained a fear, and it rained an odor, and it rained a murder, and it rained pale eggs of the beast. Rain fell on the towns and the fields. It fell on the tractor sheds and the labyrinth of sloughs. Rain fell on toadstools and ferns and bridges. It fell on the head of John Paul Ziller. Rain poured for days, unceasing. Flooding occurred. The wells filled with reptiles. The basements filled with fossils. Mossy haired lunatics roamed the dripping peninsulas. Moisture gleamed on the beak of the raven. Ancient shamans rained from their homes in dead tree trunks, clacked their clamshell teeth in the drowned doorways of forests. Rain hissed on the freeway. It hissed at the prows of fishing boats. It ate the old war paths, spilled the huckleberries, ran in the ditches, soaking, spreading, penetrating. And it rained an omen and it rained a poison, and it rained a pigment, and it rained a seizure.
0: Tom Robbins. You are exploring Africa in the 1930s.
1: The trail ran north to Molo. At night, it ran straight to the stars. It ran up the side of the Mao Escarpment until at 10,000 feet, it found the plateau and rested there, and some of the stars burned beneath its edge. Beryl Markham.
0: You are learning from your friend, Bill, what to expect when visiting Rome. I love the way the Italians park. You
3: turn any street corner in Rome and it looks as if you've just missed a parking competition for blind people. Cars are pointed in every direction, half on the sidewalks and half off, facing in, facing sideways, blocking garages and side streets and phone booths, fitted into spaces so tight that the only possible way out would be through the sunroof. Romans park their cars the way I would park if I had just spilled a beaker of hydrochloric acid on my lap. All over the city you see drivers bullying their cars into spaces about the size of a sofa cushion, holding up traffic and prompting every driver within three miles to lean on his horn and give a passable imitation of a man in an electric chair. If the opening is too small for a car, the Romans will decorate it with litter, an empty cigarette packet, a wedge of half-eaten pizza, 27 cigarette butts, half an ice cream cone with an ooze of old ice cream emerging from the bottom, danced on by a delirium of flies, an oily tin of sardines, a tattered newspaper, and something truly unexpected, like a tailor's dummy or a dead goat. Bill Bryson.
0: You are looking into the eyes of Jorge Luis Borges as he philosophizes about the dimension of time and his own place in it.
1: Time is the substance I am made of. Time is a river that carries me away, but I am the river. It is a tiger that mangles me, but I am the tiger. It is a fire that consumes me, but I am the fire. The world, alas, is real. I, alas, am Borges. Andy Beagle, alas,
0: is real. I, alas, am Roy H. Williams.
2: By the way, Barbara Kinsolver's book,
1: Demon Copperhead, isn't about a demon or the paranormal. As of page 26, it's about a boy growing up with a teenage mom in a mobile home in the mountains of southern Appalachia. Stephen
2: Simple, an internationally respected marketing wizard, says that if you want your
0: advertising campaigns to attract large numbers of new customers and generate plenty of sales, you need to rip a page from the playbooks of Google, Amazon, eBay, and Airbnb. Where are these cutting-edge titans shifting their promotional dollars? To radio and television advertising, direct mail, and billboards. Why are major online businesses using traditional media so heavily? Stephen has a three-word explanation. Because it works. Better still, Stephen tells roving reporter Rothbart that old-school media offer greater control over messaging at inexpensive pricing when compared to online advertising. Where do you find out about this? MondayMorningRadio.com